Hi everyone, welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. Today we are talking about episodes 20 to 25 of Toradora, uh, finishing up our watch along. My name is Caitlin, and today I have with me Vry and Dee. Uh, hey, I'm Vry Kaiser, I'm an editor and contributor at Anime Feminist. You can find me on Twitter, at Writer Vry, where sometimes I post my freelances, freelance stuff, but mostly lately I tweet a lot about Yu-Gi-Oh! And you can find the other <laughs> podcast I co-host, at TrashPod. And I am Dee, the managing editor at Anifem. You can find all my writings on my blog, The Jose Next Door. And you can hang out with me on Twitter, at Jose Next Door. So, here it is. The end of the road. <laughs> For Toradora. Listeners, I don't know when you're hearing this, but we're recording it from quarantine, so if things sound a little weird, then like that's week why. week one, too, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so if we're all going a little crazy, <laughs> I know, it almost feels weird to watch the characters, like, go outside and go about their day, huh? <laughs> it feels a little strange. So that's young not and full of life, their whole future's <laughs> uh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I'm the t- I'm the I was gonna uh, say you're, old maid teacher. You're oh. channeling the teacher right now. <laughs> stupid youth with their stupid energy and their stupid outdoors. Oh no, she would <laughs> resent me too because I am married. Also, yes. <laughs> but I don't own a condo, so no. She's got that going for her. I assume she that bought on. that condo. Um, she I seems wanna, to be I doing better in this final stretch. So I think yes. she's got that condo. Um. All right. So. How do you feel about this stretch of episodes? So I'll, I'll start since I think Fry started last time. Um, mm. My the the ski, the ski trip had my eyes rolling so far back into my head that I was um, studying my own brain a few times. <laughs> um, that having been said, I thought the last uh, few episodes were very genuine and sincere, and I liked that they touched on a whole variety of relationships instead of just focusing on the the central romantic stuff. Um, and so I ended it with a, I ended it with a very happy feeling. Mm. All right. Yeah, like I I wasn't mad at the ski trip. I don't know if it's just because I was like in it at that point. But you're right. It is full. On, like as soon as the slaps come out, we're in melodrama town. Um, well, and I think this show has done a pretty good job, like, 90% of the time, of avoiding contrived romantic plots. Like, everything feels like it's driven by reasonable actions taken by the characters based on their relationships, etc. Um, I mentioned in, I think it was week two, that the when Taiga's swimsuit padding pops out and Ryuji, like, gropes her for anime comedy or whatever... Um, that felt like super contrived to me, like, mm-hmm. like a, just a dumb plot beat that didn't fit with what was going on around it. Um, and I had that same reaction to some of the stuff happening in the ski trip, the, them just conveniently, you know, piling into that closet and conveniently hearing this conversation between Ami and Minori, and then Taiga muttering to herself about how much she loves Ryuji because she mistakes him for Yusaku for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um... That all, like, I just, like, I was like, oh, come on, guys. You've been doing such a good job of making this all feel like mm-hmm. believable character beats. And then you you bust out the, the kind of tired cliches. Um, now, in fairness, I felt like if they really wanted to go hard on the cliches, they would have had 
Tega and Ryuji find a cabin uh, and have to spend the night there. And, oh no, we have to huddle under a blanket lest we freeze to death. That would have, so, been, that would have been cute, though. <laughs> oh, but I've seen that so many times. Oh, it's a tired cliche, don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. So her, her, her barely conscious confession, like, felt more genuine to me than that. Um, especially the sort of, like, very... Like, yes, it is kind of contrived, but, like, the Rie Kugamiya pulls off that moment really well. The, like, the kind of, like, sadness and desperation in her voice. It's almost like, I want to like you, but I think I'm falling in love with Ryuji because he's the one who's always rescuing me. Um, so I thought that, I personally thought that worked really well. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I'm definitely on the side of, like, writing-wise, it's super contrived. Like, I can feel the writers frantically going, oh, shit, we we need we need to, to clear this up for certain characters because otherwise we're never going to be able to end the show in a satisfying way in the time we have left. It reminded me, actually, a lot, uh, since this is Okada and all, of the locked in, like, the, the last episode of Oh Maidens, where we're just going to lock you in one place so you're forced to talk about your feelings that we've been kind of nebulously <laughs> doing because otherwise if this followed on the realism track that it had been doing up till then we would all just kind of go our separate ways and be a little bit vaguely frustrated and think back you know fondly on it and it wouldn't really get resolved but think about missed opportunities uh-huh but but like i guess i wasn't mad like it is contrived but i wasn't mad at it because it was the emotional beat that I was, that I, that I, because I hate misunderstanding plots. And so I would rather mm-hmm. kind of have that slightly messy bump in the road so that we could actually get to the characters communicating with each other. Like I was willing to make that trade off. Oh yeah. I knew why it was happening. Um, mm-hmm. I guess that was part of it for me is it was, an, it was one of those moments where it was like, I could, I, you could see the strings, right? You could mm-hmm. see the strings of the, of the puppet master and, um, so it kind of made me wince where it was like, oh, you had no idea how to resolve this other than, like, yep. conveniently overhearing a thing um, that a character would debatably not say to that person anyway, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I mean, I got it. I just, that was where I started with this stretch was those first two. I was like, oh, boy. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. Where is this going to take me? Yeah, fair. Um, and and, and I, also the general cliche of where's the, re- the rescue services just kind of... They didn't have these students on immediate lockdown. <laughs> they let them go back out in the snow. They didn't immediately check the broken fence where her uh, where her footprints had gone. Uh, yeah, like, hey, where's Taiga? You're huh. in, you're in snow. Where she could be. You're in snow. Follow the footprints. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a bit silly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. I agree that after the ski trip is where things start to really, really get going. Mm-hmm. Honestly, so the last two episodes, I remember that arc lasting longer because everything happens in it. Mm-hmm. It is such a like everything happens so much sort of uh, sort of <laughs> sort of bit. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if it was like, were the light novels not done? Or is this like a kids on the slope thing where the series is done and we were sort of going along at a fairly relaxed pace. And then, oh, crap, we got two episodes to get through like 
four more volumes of content. I so I checked. I don't know about the pacing, but I checked the vo- the release dates, and it looks like the main light novel ended the same month that the anime ended. So it was kind of a like a Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood situation. Um, whether the anime staff had privy to the information that was going to be in that last volume, I would assume so, but obviously I don't know what was going on behind the scenes. Um, based on a little bit of reading I did online, it looks like the ending of the light novel and the manga on the anime, sorry, are a little different, but Hmm, things more or less shake out the same way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does feel frenzied, but I think the frenzied feel feeling works really well i think it does too because mm-hmm. one thing i think this show does pretty well other than again some of these like mellow drama mo- moments um that that but for the most part i think it does a nice job of balancing like what it often feels like in high school or your teenage years where there's a lot of moments of just kind of like mundane day-to-day just going about your business kind of silliness and then these like sharp bursts where like everything seems to happen simultaneously like the floodgates just open um and that was kind of how the, the last couple episodes felt was because they are about to change school years. So there's all this like and they're heading into their third year. So there's all this change and potential responsibilities mm-hmm. and the sense of like, oh, we have to grow up right on the horizon. And the sense of like, we might not even be in the same class next year. Like, we don't know what things are going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it kind of made sense for everything to sort of mm-hmm. come to a head simultaneously based on the external pressures and everything going on around yeah. them. That's, I mean, that's just how life is sometimes. Like, sometimes everything starts happening all at once, and there's a sense of urgency to literally every single thing because things are going to change soon, and you got to get this, like, out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I really liked it. The last couple of episodes, I think, are really just incredible um, in terms of character and writing and themes and everything and everyone coming together and everything makes sense, making sense. Yeah. There's a really nice emotional urgency there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think they did a nice job of, there were certain plot beats and things that I thought weren't really, nothing was really going to come of them. And they actually did bring it back around to some of those things. And again, it never really felt rushed. Like despite the fact that so much was happening, Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the the pacing of each scene it it all flowed really well together, which was nice. Yeah, yeah, it knew when to slow things down and when to pick things up for sure. Um, like the moment with like Yasuko and her parents, like that felt was a little bit slower, a little bit gentler. The scene on the train, um, that those were like breaths of fresh air, and then after things were really crazy for a while and then things get a little crazy again at the end. Um, but yeah, no, I thought like the last few episodes really did work perfectly. Um, only problem is what we were dreading happened, which was that Minarine turned out to be in love with Ryuji. Yeah. I mean, I, I had assumed by the end of last week's stress yeah. that that was where that was going. Yeah. Um, but once again, even though they went the direction I didn't want them to do, they handled it about as well as I think they could have. Um, yeah. I'm The stuff with Minori and Ami in the early episodes, I'm not... Maybe you guys can help me out. I'm not 100% mm. sure what was going on between them with all the animosity. Um I couldn't figure out why Ami was pressing Minori's button so hard in those first couple episodes. I mean, partly just 
because she's Ami. I mean, I sort of, I think it has to do with um, the fact that they are both characters who put on fronts. And I feel like Ami sort of instinctively recognized that about uh, Minori and so her, and and I think resented her for it because she talks about, um, she talks about it with Taiga and like thinking that Taiga automatically gets uh, gets people to recognize, you know, to, to care about her, even though she was seemingly being herself. And I think with, with Minori, she also, to an extent, recognized, or maybe didn't, or maybe made that same mistake at first of like, here's a, here's a girl who's just weird, who, who everybody thinks is a little bit weird, but people like her anyway, and I resent that. Mm-hmm. Right. Ami is seems like the kind of person who dislikes in other people what she dislikes in herself. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, which would be consistent for pretty much everything Minori is doing. And also, Ami has been called on being someone who puts on a front. Um, everyone knows that she does now. Yeah. Like, everyone who knows her. But no one has really interrogated that with Minori. Like, no one has been like, Minori, I don't think that you're really okay right now, even though you're acting okay. Uh cut out the cheer flack no one has really called her on that before Mm -hmm. and so Ami is just like okay this is this needs to stop and she just does Um, it in like the worst possible way I guess yep okay well the line talking to you makes me feel like I'm on my period is a really sick burn (laughs) (laughs) I mean looking back and maybe it's just because oops I ship them a lot now as of the end of the series <laughs> I feel like right. Minori had some weird stuff with Ami as well because they she she made all the weird shitty weight jokes she has like like she's awkward like uh Alex actually who also wrote the Toradora piece for us has a piece on her um on her blog talking about Minori and, and like reading her as queer and like in the early scenes where oh, she's yeah, really absolutely. awkward about yeah. about Ami in a swimsuit and like is it is it life goals or wife goals like is she <laughs> jealous because she's self-conscious about mm-hmm. her own body is she attracted mm-hmm. to this person and flustered about it is it both right and I even think listen if we're gonna go in hard with that reading which I am 100% on board for it's really easy to uh think that Minori is mistaking her feel like confused about her own feelings. It's like she sees Ryuji and Taiga together. She feels jealous. She goes, Oh, I'm jealous about Ryuji when she's actually jealous about Taiga. She could also be jealous about both. It's true. Yeah. That was kinda that was one That's of true. one of the lines I, I, I really liked in this, and again this was in the dub, so I don't know if this was the exact line in the original. Um, but Ami's like kind of it's when Ami's kind of starting to feel some sympathy for Minori. And she's like, God, she got dumped by both Taiga and Ryuji. And I was like, ooh, that, that's, a, that's a read on this situation, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's the same you know, one. Because in a, way she, in a way she does, like, I mean, it's not like she's losing the two people she was closest mm-hmm. to, but, I mean, they are, they're, they're, I know that feeling of, like, well, they're in a relationship yeah. now, so that is going to be, those, they're going to be each other's number one priority. And mm-hmm. that feeling of, like, well, I'm going to be left behind, or, like, it is going to change mm-hmm. our relationship, even if we're still, you know, close after this. Um so mm-hmm. I, I think you can read Minori's situation in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. That I was, and I get Ami being, uh, I guess they've both been antagonistic to each other from the beginning, and they never really got to that place where Taiga and Ami did, where they were like, you know, cheerfully ribbing each other. Um, 
So, yeah, I get it. I was just, I was mad at Ami in those first couple episodes because I was like, listen, Minori made her decision, and whether or not you agree mm-hmm. with it, that was the choice she made. She made the decision to prioritize her friendship with Taiga over a potential relationship with Ryuji. Mm-hmm. Leave her alone. Like, that's a yeah. valid decision to make. But also, they're teens. Oh, I know. And they get mad about mm-hmm. at each other about dumb shit yeah. all the time. Yeah. It, well, it they, does I, they did eventually drama. get... Drama. Yeah, well, and they eventually got to a point. I wondered with Ami at first if she wasn't jealous of Minori because, like, she had the potent- she had the possibility to test out a relationship with Ryuji and chose mm-hmm. not to. Because mm-hmm. um, Ami never really was even in the running. Um, yeah. Which, again, like, like all the characters, she moves on and is fine with it. And, you know, it's, it's more just about, like, having people around her who accept her than it is about like the actual romance angle um so yeah I I think also during the whole the whole ski trip thing Ami by that point Ami kind of gets dug in on her role as I am the she really buys into her thing as I'm the mature person who speaks Mm -hmm. truth to these other people who won't admit their feelings and so far that's worked out so I'm gonna keep picking yeah, yeah, but then she picks that. Then she picks that fight in the snow with Minori over the sled. That is an extremely immature thing to to be like. You guys, you crashed into me because you saw me talking to Riju. It's like no, clearly they were just out of control on the sled. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. As much as that, that was an extremely real teenage moment for me when I was like, "Oh, you said you let it go, <laughs> but you didn't." But that was oh, doing yeah, this. absolutely. Yeah. Oh no! It that that them like. Again, the, it was a little bit melodramatic, the slap mm-hmm. fight in the snow. Um, yeah. But it did feel, it, it felt like a very, yeah, it was it was one of those teenage moments where it's like, I'm going to put this aside, I'm going to put this aside, and then something happens and it just blows it all up again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I also know what you mean, that like, Abby uh, has uh, her uh, peaks and valleys of being kind of terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I went back to maybe Ami sucks at a certain point during this stretch, and then but then by the end I was I was back on I was I was okay with her again because mm-hmm. I like the way her relationship with Taiga has developed and mm-hmm. um, and then once Minori kind of does start dropping her mask in front of her, Ami sort of opens up to her about that too. Um, that scene where Minori stays over so she can like just be sad in front of the one person who's not going to feel bad about yeah. it was was a good moment I think. Yeah. yeah. I- I love how protective Ami gets of about Taiga and just like stops mm-hmm. putting up a front about that and and then and yeah the scene where where Minori just breaks down crying I had a lot of feelings at that moment and then I had to message you guys in the slack about yeah. oops I ship it now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Minori has there there's some really good emotional beats in this stretch mm-hmm. um the, the scene where me like the scene in the classroom I also thought I was like well this is escalating where where Minori like goes off on Taiga and Ryuji about like just say just tell us what you said out in the snow um felt a little like sudden and contrived to me as well but then once we got into it it was really well done mm-hmm. um I, I liked that Minori, because again, there was that sense of like, Minori rejects Ryuji, and everybody is like, well, she didn't mean it, let's just, we'll have to just keep pressing forward. Um, and so for her, her to kind of snap at them, like, no, that was the choice I made, that's the, hap- like, don't you don't get to decide what's going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that moment. Um, and then her kind of telling Taiga the same thing as she's running through the hallway, and then uh, she kind of has the same moment with 
uh, Ryuji, which I really liked that scene in the after she gets the nosebleed where she's talking about like, <laughs> here are these things that are important to me. Like I want to focus on softball and go to a college where I can like, you know, go play in the nationals. Um, and I'm determined to do that. So like, don't worry about me. I've got other things in my life. Um, it was really good. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was... It's, it's really nice to have a character who's like, yeah, I have feelings for you and these suck, but I'm going to get over it. I'm going to move on because I have way so many other things going on. Yeah. Um, who has the um, perspective to realize that uh, falling in love in high school is not the end all be all because I feel like that is um, the case in a lot of teen romances is mm-hmm. this is it. This is the meaning of my life. I am in love with my high school partner, and this that's it. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. I have no other hobbies. I have no other interests. Yeah. Well, and we talked last week about how it felt like everybody's conflicts were starting to boil down to just romance and how it was kind of exhausting. Um, so to... And I think they did that with a lot of the characters this this week was to pull pull it back and be like, mm-hmm. well, no, 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 here's these other things going on in their lives. Like, they did zero yeah. in on this because it was very big and important for them, but it's definitely not the only thing. Mm-hmm. Um, their lives will go on. They have other things that will bring them fulfillment, other relationships. Um, so yeah. I mean, even Ryuji and Taiga, yeah. um, they had the big romantic, uh, cli- they had the big romantic climax this time, but... They also had all of their family stuff, which all tied in together, of course. Um, And, you know, those feelings of, like, not really having a place in their family and not really fitting in with their family or being a burden. So I think that now's a good time to sort of... We talked a lot about Minari because she's the best character. (laughs) And it was lovely, and it was very relevant, but we should probably talk a little bit about the main characters. I mean, don't you think? They're good kids. I like them. They're very sweet together. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's interesting how the kind of the inciting, last inciting bit is not something that happens between them, necessarily, but uh, their family issues. Um. There's this very sense of interconnectedness um, of not, it is almost like a sense of perspective, not just because it's not just about their relationship. It's about everything else going on in their lives that kind of spurs everything on um, because their feelings are informed by their family relationships. Their own relationship is informed their, by their relationships with their family. So it makes sense that they kind of tie in together uh, the way that they behave. And the very last episodes have this very strong sort of thematic through line of connections and uh, relationships, not just romantic, of familial, of friendship, um, which I think really made everything work really well. Yeah, like I don't love that part of Taiga's arc ended up coming down to go back and work things out with your shitty family, but I do think within the context of that, I mean, well, her dad's off the table, which is nice, but also, like, she frames it in terms of, I need to go and figure out how to like myself, and I can't do that while I'm here depending on him, so I'm gonna go and work on myself and then come back, and we'll see how our relationship is. Like, I think that's Mm -hmm. really nice. Yeah. 
Um, she needs to have a sense of who she is outside of her relationship with Ryuji. Um, and I think, like, I appreciate that sh she focused on making amends with her mother because they're, I feel like the, a lot of the difficulties they have is sort of what Taiga has decided is going on rather than what is actually going on. Mm. When she talks about having not having a place with her step family. Yeah, I just um, maybe it's that I wanted a little time to actually get to know her mom because the only parent of hers we mm. know is her dad, who really is that awful. Yeah, and I was never clear on why Tyga's mom wasn't in the picture from the beginning. I think my sense is that when her mom got remarried, Tyga decided that she had no place with them, and so she kind of was like, I I don't belong here. I need to go. I need to... I can live on my own. It's fine. And since her parent, like, she's kind of spoiled, her parents were like, okay, that's what you want. Um, because, I mean, after Taiga falls, like, she talks about how she had such an amazing time with her mom um, for those few weeks. Yeah, and Minori says the two better. of them have always gotten along well, which is why I couldn't figure out why... I guess I got the sense in the first stretch that Tyga's dad had custody and her mom was just not in the picture at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so for her mom to like show up in these in this these last few episodes, um, it just threw me off. And maybe maybe it was like Tyga was like, "Hey, no, I just need to be out on my own." And her mom was like, "Okay, I'll give you some space." Um, I suspect Tyga's mom is a lot like Tyga just based on those voice those snippets of voicemails we caught. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh -huh. That was a sense I got from her, um, but yeah, there that I was I had some questions about their family relationship and like what was going on there that, right. that pushed Tyga away in the first place and made her feel like she couldn't rely on any parent, not just like her dad. We obviously know why, but her mom, it was like less clear why Tyga had mm -hmm. felt that way, like from childhood. So. Um, Right. And I do think there is some um, cultural stuff at play here because uh, what I have gathered from reading around and from my conversations with Japanese friends is that um, children of divorce and uh, divorced families and step families work do work kind of differently in Japan. Um, it is pretty common for the non-custodial parent to just never see their child again and um and if i'm totally off base um go ahead and let me know but like this is like you know something that i've read because um joint custody is very disruptive um so it could be that you know something to do with that um i just i don't think that divorced families function entirely the same way that they do in the u.s so that could be a cultural p perspective that we're just not getting yeah mm -hmm. maybe that's possible that having been said um the stuff with ryuji and yasu was uh very poignant i felt oh my gosh um he was so harsh on her in a way that was i, I was very upset when he yelled at her about like her life being pointless um, and mm. her being mad because she didn't have a future so she wanted him to have one and I was mm -hmm. like I was like Ryuji you don't understand your mom is actually being a really good mom here like he's worried about money understandably so they don't have a lot mm -hmm. and her response is no that's not your job you're a kid your job is to worry about school and I will take care of it 
Um, and I, I liked the way these final episodes kind of circled back around to, you know, the concept of, of responsibility and um, that, the, what did I write in my notes? Like the line between being unselfish and being a martyr, um, mm. like just torturing yourself. And I think we see that with a lot of the characters, um, but Ryuji's like violent reaction to his mom wanting him to go to college was like as as we get into it like clearly born from a sense of guilt like he has that conversation with Taiga on the bridge about like maybe it would have been better if I just never been born and Taiga yells at him and it's very sweet mm-hmm. um I do love that bridge scene it's good the bridge scene is good that's yeah. a really good scene yeah um so I'm not 100% sure where I was going with that, but I, it was, it's always good because Ryuji is one of those characters who for the most part, like he's struggled to understand other people, but for the most part, it's kind of seemed like he's had his shit together this whole time. Um, so I think it was good to get to the end of this arc and see how both he and Taiga, um, for very different reasons, are struggling with the concept of like what they want to do with their futures and, um how they how they feel in their family situations and how they kind of bonded in a way because they I guess I wouldn't say it wasn't like Ryuji didn't feel like he belonged but he felt like he was causing trouble does that make sense right yeah no your observation that it seems to come from a place of guilt I think makes a lot of sense um because Ryuji is a person who generally tries to live in service of others it's also a very realistic like shitty teen moment oh absolutely because all listen even the best teens have shitty teen moments right Um, on and so like him like deciding that no he shouldn't go to college that she is just projecting onto him when she really does just want the best for him she wants him to be successful um is like very like realistically like teen short-sighted not really totally able to see from the perspective of others yeah and then when he takes Um, like a half second to think about it he sort of he has he kind of has this realization of that's not what's going on here um yeah i just i just feel bad and i don't want her to have to you know be working you know three separate jobs to get me through school kind of thing Mm -hmm. um and I, and I like that Toradora touches on the kind of economic reality of, like, the hardships of being a single mom trying to pay your teenager's way through school. Yeah. And, and she has been so insistent this whole time that he cannot go out and get a job, um, that he is not allowed to work because he's a smart kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Yasuko's a really good mom. She is. I the the only like we don't really get a sense of how a hundred percent they resolve that. Like I don't think there's any mm-hmm. sense of what Ryuji actually is going to do after school. Mm. Um, after high school, I mean. Um, yeah. My hope is that the two of them. Like I think yeah. I think the sense that the sense that I would like to think is it makes like Yasu's you don't you shouldn't have to worry about money makes sense but if Ryuji wants a part-time job like I think that's one of those concessions that a parent should be willing to make for their almost 18 year old kid you know like okay like you don't I don't you don't need to be worrying about like paying for Mm -hmm. everything but if you want to you know work a few hours a week as long as it doesn't affect school that's fine um so I'm hoping that the two of them had a had a nice conversation about balancing out (laughs) each other's wants and needs and uh they move forward from there so yeah. I wasn't allowed to work in high school. Really? 
Well, my I was encouraged thought- to work like as soon as I could, so I could start building up savings, so I could go to college. Mm-hmm. And then I got a scholarship. Booyah. Uh, <laughs> my grades weren't as good as they should have been. And so my parents thought another job would be a distraction. Mm. Um, turns out everything in life was a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that it was literally impossible for me to not be distracted. So. Oh, big mood. That's a window into Caitlin's adolescence. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I do find it um, interesting that we don't find out what Taiga or Ryuji do after high school. It, it seems like the show is more interested in the fact that they made the decision to work on themselves rather than what they decided to do. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. there's very much a focus on that idea of um, not running away, like, you know, sticking around to face your to face your problems and to work through things together with other people. Um and so the fact that they decide not to elope is is really the the kind of the turning point for them. So whatever they decide to do after yeah. school, you feel more confident that it will be a choice that they make for like the right reasons, you know? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I really I really liked that um because the moment the part where they decided to elope did feel very it didn't feel like it was the right decision, but it felt like a very true to them decision spur of the moment at that yeah yeah. absolutely that felt like something they would be like let's just run away (laughs) like it's like we are mad at our families our emotions are heightened our hormones are are surging we just realized we are like we like each other uh let's do something big and dramatic like run away and keep running and never look back um and it's this very like ecstatic moment um, that really captures the feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm in love for the first time and this is real. This is what it is like. This is perfect um, without really considering the future um, and considering how feelings tend to work um, <laughs> and how the future works. It's very like just just beautifully teenage. And I feel like it really... sort of captured that sense much better than the series that have like the slow build up and then like at the end of the series it just it's like oh yeah we got married like because most people don't marry their high school sweethearts most people don't marry their first love if they do it often doesn't work out um and so like but in that first those that first time you're in love for the first few months where you're in love for the first time, it feels like this is it. This is all I need. Um, and so that was really uh, resonant for me. Yeah, I thought they captured that well. And then I like how, you know, within within a day, as they're on the train leaving town, they're like, no, no, we can't. <laughs> we can't do this. This is yeah. so bad. Like everything wears off. Yeah. Well, and I loved, I loved the, the, that right after that they they get together with their friend group like despite all the weirdness that's been going on like Minori, Ami, and Yusaku are there for them in that moment Mm -hmm. and they're all like we think you're making a bad choice but we're your friends we accept your bad choice uh here's some money and uh and uh, Ami gave them like the key to her bungalow I think Mm -hmm. so it was like here yeah we're, we're going to help you out um, I thought that was Yusaku a really... Yusaku gives them rice vouchers. Yusaku does doesn't have best. much else to give them, okay? He did his best. 
I thought that was oh. I thought that was a really sweet scene. I think this show does the, resonant... All the potato has to offer is starch. Aww, oh. tish. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to call him a potato anymore. He had like a character. He had character beats and everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And I like you, Saku, but... It was a good joke. Um, I guess I'm very funny is the thing. <laughs> You just can't. You just can't keep the goofs inside. <laughs> so yeah, I think the show balances like the friendship, romance, family beats really well in this last stretch, which is good because again, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time rom coms can get totally tangled up in the romance is the only thing that matters, and so for this show to like capture that in moments like the we're gonna elope moment that you were talking about, mm-hmm. Caitlin. Um, is really good because I think that is like part of the authentic experience that uh, Toradora hits on very well at times Um, but then for them to also go but then for the show to also make room for those those other those other moments and those other relationships I think is Mm -hmm. is really really nice to see so yeah Um, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Yasuko and her family Um, for example the revelation that no Ryuji's father didn't die. Yeah. He just, he left He just her fucked off she because was he's the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, she was 16 and pregnant and ran away from her family, and he's just like, all right, well, peace. Um, and she, like, went out there and she, like, did her best. Um, and I do think there is a little bit of a, conservative undertone to that narrative of well and when she explicitly says everyone said I should have gotten an abortion but I wanted to take care of you um like that that felt a little bit like well yeah it's some real like that's some old-fashioned anti-choice rhetoric Mm -hmm. but yeah but like, like I and I see that I do see that a lot in anime um, whenever there's an accidental pregnancy or a teenage pregnancy, they're all like, oh, but I need to take care of my baby. Um, that's sort of what I see most commonly. And I'm like, guys, can we please just, can we not? Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I know this shit. But also, from her character as it's built up, it's so sincere. <laughs> I know. It's it's true. That is very her. So it was an, it, an, an interesting push internal push and pull on that little scene right or um taiga and ryuji's like well if we're going if we are going to get married it's okay for us to have sex um (laughs) which which they definitely did (laughs) i was gonna ask was gonna be like do you guys do you guys think they had sex that night um they did the fade to black. I feel like, yeah, they did. Oh. It was probably really bad sex because they're teenagers who've never <laughs> had any kind of relationship. Like any kind the of romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the same time, like the, the first kiss scene was one of those moments that, like, I mean, outside of the, the once again, the kind of conservative note of like, oh, let's get like fake married before 
we we do it. Oh, like, I thought that was cute though. Ah, uh, yeah. Because they've been um, they've been all gung ho about eloping already. So to me, yeah. it wasn't like a we have to get married before we have sex. It was more of a well, we were t- already talking about getting married, so like let's pr- let's practice kind of thing. Pledge our eternal um, devotion, and I got a little gooey about it. I thought it was cute. Also, um, the, I felt like the the conversation about the kissing was kind of a metaphor for sex because Tyga was like, "It might hurt, and I don't know if I want that." And then they, yeah. And then, and then she was like, "Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Do it again." It's <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I, zo- is this- I zoned out for a second, and so like I did think like for a second she was talking about sex. It's like, wait, no, this is not not actually that conversation. I mean, um. <laughs> But, but it was. She was <laughs> the the moment of like he kisses her for the first time and she's like again and they kiss again and she's like again and the kisses like keep getting more intense like mm-hmm. oh yeah that's what that's what it's like <laughs> that's what your first first kiss kind of feels like um so yeah once again very well done uh teenage yeah, I have written down in my notes, and then they fucked. Because <laughs> I have to be crass at least once an episode. Sure, sure. You filled your quota now. <laughs> We're very proud of you. No, it. Yeah, I definitely felt like that. That there was some some metaphorical overtones to that scene of like, well, no, this is a young adult series, so we can't, you know, we can't talk and show that. But wink, you know, you know. You know, um, but no, I thought it was. I thought it was really sweetly handled. I think the show has. Taiga and Ryuji's relationship was kind of a slow. It was a slow burn, and then like all of a sudden it happened. Um, but there were still some. There were still some really good, um, like awe, misty-eyed type moments with them. Mm-hmm. Um, when he opens the locker at the very, very end, and is just like, "Hey, I love you." was so cute (laughs) i was like because i thought i was good and then i was like oh they got me they got me with the (laughs) with the two of them um and i remember saying in the first week that i was worried there wouldn't be a a a balance of give and take between the two of them and by the end like a hundred percent there was Mm -hmm. so um, yeah i mean that's the whole point of the show right like tigers and dragons have been considered equal since ancient times um, which they said over and over. It's like it is about re- how Ryuji and Taiga are equals. I do like speaking of the whole. What are they going to do after high school? I do kind of fully expect Ryuji to be a to be a homemaker. It it makes him oh, so yeah. happy. Yeah, yeah. Stay he's at home be, dad. He's going to be a great stay at home dad. He really is. <laughs> yeah, which you know kind of gets back to what what attracts me to Toradora and to what I love about it. It is not constrained by gender roles. And after a while, it doesn't feel like deliberately subversive, like we are going to subvert all the gender roles, but it just sort of feels like this is who these characters are. Ryuji is a person. He is a boy and he is someone who likes cleaning and taking care of the home. Taga is a girl and she is someone who is terrible at cleaning and taking care of the home. Um, I love, and speaking so, of that, I love that the one time they decided to do the girl who is a comically bad cook, which Taiga isn't but kind of slots into the archetype of, does a cooking because she has an emotion, she makes some for everybody. That made me happy. 
Mm-hmm. The chocolates, yeah, that was that was a really yeah. sweet moment where she wanted to thank everybody with some Valentine's treats. She did a good job too. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of her. She worked hard. Yeah, they're all such good friends. They are. They're good friends. They all take care of each other. I'm glad they. I'm glad it looks like they all like were able to preserve those friendships after everything that had gone down too. Because you know, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. So mm-hmm. I liked that the show implied that they were all still pretty close. So you have in the notes class differences. Should we talk about that? I mean, I think we kind of touched on it. It was mm. it's something that the series never really pushed on. But um until like the very end where Taiga and Ryuji are talking about how neither of them has future plans and Taiga's reasoning is I'm rich, I don't have to work and Ryuji's <laughs> reasoning is I'm poor, I have to work. Um and I just thought the fact that the, the series had never really it was it was odd for it to bring that up at the very end and not really yeah. like touch on how dramatic of a difference that is and how that I mean that's a potential source of conflict or an awesome thing if you know if they do get married and you know Ryuji gets that money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, they did say at the end that, her, that I ain't her... saying he a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is is her mom also well off? Because they did say that her dad's business tanked and that's why he skipped town. So she might not be rich forever. She didn't seem concerned about money, though, at that mm. point, so I got the sense that both yeah. her parents were well off. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Was her dad paying for her condo in the first place? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that may also be why her mom wanted her to move back in then. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, again, there's there's some fuzziness as far as the particulars of Tyga's situation, but, but yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was a, a point that was worth kind of pushing on, is that they're both... They're both at a loss for very different reasons that are also kind of like mirror images of each other. I don't know. I, I, I don't have those thoughts fully formed in my brain. It was just a it was just a thought that occurred to me during that scene where the two of them were having the same problem for like dramatically different reasons. And I was like, I'm sorry, Taiga, but I'm sympathizing with Ryuji a lot more yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like they are so opposites in so many ways, and yet they kind of meet in the middle Mm -hmm. and as equals all right so let's jump into our final thoughts about the series as a whole sure uh so uh this is my third time watching toradora excellent um it still holds up still an excellent show um i really feel like it the way it c- does come together in the end really is um, what makes it stand out and stand apart. And it's strong for the whole time. Um, and I love the script. I love the writing. Um, but those last few episodes are really like what makes it memorable. What, do you, what about you guys? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really liked it. I'm glad that I watched it because I would not have gotten through it if not for the podcast. I think that... It has aged a little bit in that almost the first third of it can be a little bit of a sit if you're not there for the genre that that it is interrogating. Like if you're not into school rom-coms, having a third of the series be half episodes of doing the thing before they in, like interrogate the thing can be a little bit rough at certain moments. Um, so, But I also think that it's really smartly written uh its characters are very lovable um and its high points are 
really, really high, and its low points aren't so low that it would, it would, uh, warn me away, like, it would, it would lead me to warn people away from watching it. I think my advice to people it would be to watch the first episode and, like, check how into the lamppost scene you are, because that's how you feel about that is kind of an indicator of how worth it it might be for you personally to to try to hang on for where the series is going. I think the lamppost scene might be in episode two. Is it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The first episode was a little rough for me. Sorry. Yeah, I think the second episode gives you a much better idea of what the... Sh- I think the first episode feels more like it's just doing the thing. Like, there's some there's some hints, like Ryuji being a sweet boy who loves to clean, and uh, Taiga being, like, this little girl who's also ferocious. Um, I think the second episode gives you a much better idea of what the show is doing and the fact that it is it is planning on, like, having a conversation about fully fleshed-out characters and not just archetypes. Um and how it's going to go about like interrogating some of those some of those archetypes and some of those rom-com tropes. Um, I mean, we're saying this to our listeners as if they haven't been doing the watch along with this this whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I were to, if I were to recommend this to somebody else, I would probably be like, yeah, give it a couple episodes and just like I want you to know right off the bat, it knows what it's doing. Like it is it is mm-hmm. planning on on peeling back these layers um, and building to a a much like more sincere and genuine story than a lot of the the sort of uh cliched rom-com school stories tend to do um which is good i i think i will forever i think this show will always be just shy of being like one of my top rom-coms because i'm i was genuinely disappointed that it went the love quadrangle route Mm. i really was i thought minori's arc circa the midway point like the school festival arc. i don't think anything in the show will top that uh, for me, um, the second there's some really really good stuff in the second half, but I think that was the high point for me. Um, I think they had an opportunity to talk, of, and they did they did to a point. They talked about a lot of different kinds of relationships. Um, I think they had an opportunity with Minori to do something really really unique, and I'm a little sad that they went that sort of standard cliche route. Not not cliche, because again, I think that. I think that if that was the way you were going to take her character, they did a really good job with it. Um, but I think they had set up a lot of stuff at the beginning that got my hopes up that they were going to have her story focus more on uh, friendship relationships and those relationships adjusting as your friends start to develop, you know, different ties to other people, whether they be romantic or what or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. Yeah, I'm always going to be a little disappointed that they did not they did not stick with that that concept because I think that would have made the series more authentic for more people, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, I think I think Toradora captures a lot of captures a lot of genuine and sincere like teenage moments. Um, I do think that by and large, it is a show about cishet kids, and so there are going like and so even though there are some like I think sort of universal like again some of these ideas about maturity and change and responsibilities and it does do some really good work with friendships and families um i think that that it 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 continued to kind of boil everybody's things down to i like to girl likes guy or guy likes girl um Mm. i think that i think that hamstrung it a little bit and again it was made in 2009 i'm not going to hold that against it as like a um like a like i'm not this isn't not like a harsh critique this is just like personal feelings about it um is um i really really liked it i don't think i loved it 
and I, um, but I'm very glad we watched it. So thank you, Caitlin, mm-hmm. for suggesting yeah. this one because I really didn't know. I had a, f- I had enough people had spoken highly of it that I had a feeling I was going to enjoy it, but um, <laughs> the highs were a lot higher than I was expecting. So. Yeah, listen, I know my recommendations aren't a hundred percent for you, so I'm glad this one worked out. Yeah, no, I thought this was I thought this was a good one. So um, I, I I by no means regret watching it. I'm really glad I did, um, and it's one that I would I would recommend to people with very with really minimal caveats. So mm. yeah, I know what you mean though. That like like this is definitely if you're gonna watch a cishet school rom com, this is the one to watch kind of thing. <laughs> This one or my love story. Oh, I mean, there's I you know there's there's a few there's a few in that in that like top category, and I think I, I think Toradora is up a there. Absolutely. Boy instead of a rude Fair enough. boy. I guess I didn't <laughs> count my love story in the in like the because this is I guess a cishet love quadrangle school school story. Like because this yeah, is a the ones that get into the quadrangles. Yeah. Yeah. No, it the yeah the the quasi harem love stories are really 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 hard to do well most of them are not mm-hmm. good um and Torador, i think again i didn't necessarily even though it went some places i didn't necessarily want it to i think it handled all of those beats in a way that was really fresh and sincere or not all of them most of them um, more than it and so i really humbled. appreciate that about yeah. it yeah yeah it walked a it walked a very delicate tightrope that most shows fall off of so kudos to it for that mm-hmm. it's a good good chance to watch something that like I would never have watched otherwise because I'm old and who's got time to watch things that you're not relatively <laughs> certain you'll like. Of course. Thank you, Caitlin. You're welcome. <laughs> I have good taste. <laughs> I'm very funny and I have good taste. That's what we've learned about me from this episode. That's that's the takeaway from the Toradora watch along. Caitlin is very funny and has good taste. <laughs> <laughs> and has and gets to be crass once a week. <laughs> oh, once an episode. I'm crass way more than once a week. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <sighs> it's hard to believe that I was very uptight about being crass back in the day. Because now I love it. I embrace it fully. Adore. All right. Shall I play us out? Do the thing. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay, everyone, thanks for joining us for this Toradora watch-along. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did, or maybe not quite as much, or maybe a little more. I don't know. I'm not your boss. So if you, But if you enjoyed the episode, uh, feel free to rate and review us on iTunes, uh, to visit our website, um, animefeminist.com, our Twitter, at animefeminist, our Facebook, animefem, our Tumblr, animefeminist.tumblr.com. And if you really like us, uh, and you can afford to do so in these trying financial and otherwise times, uh, please support us on our Patreon. It's We don't have any other source of income, and so the Patreon is really essential to making sure that we can keep putting out content, that we can pay our contributors, that we can pay our staff, um, and make sure that we can continue to exist. Um, even a dollar a month is really helpful because those, the, all those pledges add up. So thanks for joining us, Annie Fam, and remember to wash your hands and catch your cough. <laughs>